3: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber.
2: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast, with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets conducted Media Day yesterday. We're going to let you hear from new Hornets head coach Steve Clifford, all-star guard LaMelo Ball, as well as many other great players, and give you some of our top takeaways and best moments from Media Day, as well as as we looked ahead to training camp, which tips off Today, helping me on all these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo.
0: Hey, zim Glad to be back.
2: Five weeks flew by. I'm sure you enjoyed your vacation. I know I did, but good to have you back to work, and good as well to talk to Sam Purley, who we dragged out of vacation a couple of days early but he's back again here on the hhc
1: glad to be back and uh yeah happy media day and uh we got the whole band back together sam you me and rob together didn't feel the same when it was just the two of us the other day so i'm glad to uh got you got everybody here to kind of talk about things yesterday so exciting times
2: Hopefully we can find ourselves in mid-podcasting season form. Let's get right into it. Media Day was yesterday. I want your guys' top takeaways. Let's start with Rob. What was your big takeaway from Media Day for the Hornets?
0: I think for me, and this is probably a little bit off the beaten path, was just kind of the transparency that Coach Clifford had with the roster a little bit. I know he was asked a couple of times about what the center position looks like. It's really been a point of emphasis for the last couple of seasons here in Charlotte about you know what that rotation looks like last couple of seasons under James Borrego. We saw a lot of small ball. We saw a lot of P.J. Washington at the five, but Steve Clifford yesterday, he said the backup center right now behind Mason Plumlee is Nick Richards, and I thought that was a little bit of a surprise. He's been in summer league the last couple of seasons. He played a couple of games there this year just to get some extra seasoning, and he talked about how he just wanted to get some more reps, so kudos to Nick for being willing to go out there because a lot of guys going into their third season wouldn't really think that way. They think that they have to work on individual stuff on their own, but he wanted to go out there, wanted to play with some of his younger teammates, so a huge uh, tip of the cap for Nick Richards in that aspect, and even though he is listed as the the backup center at this point in time. He even said it during his media availability, too, that he's not looking at it like anything has been given to him. He's still going out there. He's still working hard. He's still trying to earn that spot and earn that playing time. But by all accounts from other people in the organization, other players, and of course with Coach Clifford, Nick Richards had a really good offseason. So I thought that was interesting for me. That was my biggest takeaway because that's always been a huge point of emphasis here the last couple of seasons in Charlotte. So we got some clarity earlier than, than normal, maybe. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that progresses in training camp and the preseason games moving forward.
2: And that how it progresses part, particularly important because yes, while Cliff is very open and honest with the players in particular and us in general about where things sit, it is a moving target. you know The way the top eight or nine in the rotation wrapped up last season is not necessarily how it's going to start this season or what it's going to look like by the end of the preseason. So a moving target, but it is nice to hear where things sit at this stage of the game. Sam Purley, what was your big takeaway? for media day
1: yeah I think my big takeaway and this was something that uh just kind of stood out to me a little bit more and just you know having a new voice in the locker room and Steve Clifford, granted yes he has been here before but newer in the sense of in recent recent memory but I just really liked kind of his approach to this this upcoming training camp he said he met with the team on the morning of media and said hey basically just laid it out let's just have three good weeks let's have three good weeks of camp they have five preseason games and you know when we get to the start of the regular season we'll see where every Is and go from there. And I think, you know, the past couple years, the, you know, coming into camp, the expectation has been playoffs. Playoffs are bust, playoffs are bust. And not that that's not the ultimate goal for this team or any other team. Like you ultimately want to make to the playoffs, but it does seem there, it does seem to be kind of a little bit of a different approach in the sense of let's just kind of take things day at a time let's work on getting better today let's work on you know taking a step forward today so that if we get better as the season goes on and we get to the point where in april and we're, you know, making a step into the playoffs and putting yourself in position to make the playoffs. And I think the last couple years, especially on the defensive end, the Hornets have kind of struggled. That part didn't necessarily get better as the season progressed. And, you know, maybe just taking a little bit more of a a micro approach and maybe a little bit more short-term, let's focus on today, let's focus on the next day, and let's focus on just training camp in general and work on that and gradually move forward. It seems like there's just kind of a little bit of a different approach than ultimately, like I said, ultimately the goal is to get to the playoffs. But if you kind of seems like everybody is leaning into this mindset, let's just focus on now. If we do what we're supposed to do, we take care of business right now on a day-to-day basis. We'll be in position where we want to be at the end of the season. So I think just kind of a it was a different approach, you know, and it sounded really encouraging in my opinion.
2: Yeah, in certain respects, it seemed more optimistic by not putting the expectations out there. I would agree with you there. When you say the goal is to make the playoffs, part of it is like, well, does and the play- the goal almost any year is to make the playoffs. But at the same time, not having to state it, I think, doesn't limit the team. We don't know how things are going to look 50 games in. Last season, going into it, everyone was convinced the Brooklyn Nets were going to be atop the Eastern Conference and everyone else would be in the rearview mirror. Well, injuries and other issues crept up and they ended up fighting their way in through the play-in tournament rather than being the top dog all season long in the Eastern Conference. And when it comes to the Hornets this year, we don't know how things are going to transpire with this team, with other teams, who's improved by how much, how do they look relative to the league and what might that change about expectations later on you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into a position where you feel like sixth is good enough because this team seems like it could be capable of much much more my big takeaway from media day is kind of in a, a similar vein and that is on this team having a reluctance to set the bar in terms of expectations. Last year, it was very clear at this time the team wanted to be in the playoffs. That was the mindset. And not to say that it's not this year, but I think there is a little bit more room to adjust the bar based off how this team is performing week to week, month to month, as they get towards the position of the season where they can actually accomplish those goals. And head coach Steve Clifford talked about not setting expectations too early for this team.
4: This is what I told him this morning. Let's not put any limits on how good we can be. And also, let's not set a goal today of what success is for our team. What I want to have is a great three weeks.
2: Rob Longo, I'll pitch it to you. Your thoughts on Cliff's approach to expectations for the 2022-2023 season here at the precipice of even preseason play.
0: I mean, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to say. I mean, you don't want to put a limitation on anything. We've seen teams in the past that some people thought they had no business making it a deep run in the playoffs or anything like that. I mean, you think about Atlanta a couple of seasons ago and the run that they were able to make on. And of course, they've regressed a little bit since. But, you know, they're trying to get back to it in that regard. So, you know, even think back to a couple of years ago when the Phoenix Suns were in the bubble and they went on this phenomenal run and they missed the playoffs. And then the next year, all of a sudden, you know, they're contenders in the Western conference so i don't think it's fair to you know have expectations set one way or the other of course everybody's goal is to win the NBA title, win that Larry O'Brien trophy. But you know, at the end of the day, there's 30 teams, and 29 of them are going to go home disappointed.
2: One thing that's an unknown, gentlemen, you don't know what the catalyst is going to be that's required to get your team over the hump. A couple seasons ago for the Phoenix Suns, it wasn't even making the playoffs. It was just having a good run in the bubble for the non-playoff games. That was enough to spark that team forward, plus Chris Paul. Uh, to get them on a on a finals run last season, we saw Memphis take this big step. Their jump forward was just getting into the playoffs via the play in tournament. Who knows? Maybe for the Hornets, just getting a nose above 500 might be enough to continue the trajectory that they've had basically the last couple of seasons since Mitch Kupchak has taken over the front office. One of the big catalysts is going to be LaMelo Ball, and we're going to let you hear from the Hornets All-Star when we return here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast.
4: I'm not
1: anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day.
4: From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts,
2: Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face
4: work.
3: Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. It just makes sense. I'm eating vegetables now and all types of stuff, so... (laughs)
2: <laughs> One of the lighter moments from Media Day, every team has a few of them. P.J. Washington talking about his work in the offseason, mentioned having a new nutritionist, a new chef, and uh, he was asked, well, what, what does that mean? And he said, well, I'm I'm eating vegetables now, something that I think all of us should probably try and do a little bit more of. Myself, I'm emphasizing that for here in this uh, new season. Sam Farber, Sam Pearlie, Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. Before we get to LaMelo Ball, let's go around the room. Favorite quote, from from Media Day. We'll start with Sam Perley.
1: Oh, favorite quote. There was a lot of good ones. I think the vegetable one was kind of funny. Maybe a quote, but it was kind of stemmed from maybe my favorite interaction. Uh, we had Nick Richards jumped in to ask a question, I think towards the end with Kai Jones and just asked Kai, you know, about his blue hair and I think it's it's gotten, he's he's touched it up a little bit and it seems like it's back this year after, I think he first came at the very end of last season. So, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff and I think just hearing the kind of the overall, this is kind of a bland answer, but just overall optimism from everybody, you know, that's what makes media day is so good as everybody's o and o, everyone's feeling good ready to get going there's a lot of excitement in the air but i think nick kind of jumping in and taking a little bit of our responsibilities asking questions is kind of fun interaction to close out the day
2: rob longo favorite funny quote or moment from media day
1: well, Sam
0: Pearlie stole my thunder a little bit. I was going to go with the Nick Richards and Kai Jones interaction. But, you know, if I had to pick another one, I did like PJ's response about the vegetables. But if I had to pick another one, which is usually how the Rob rules work, I would probably go with Terry Rozier, you know, just kind of talking about getting ready for the season. And then he just kind of summarized it and said, hey we're here.
2: He's certainly one of the leaders of this team. Maybe the person who's going to have the the biggest impact on how things go over the next several months is the team's point guard, LaMelo Ball. Huge step forward from year one, a rookie of the year campaign, to year two, an all-star campaign, making him one of the five youngest all-stars in NBA history. And now, what is he going to do for an encore? And that's part of the question that comes with this team is while there weren't a lot of major changes in personnel, the natural development and evolution of LaMelo ball will have as much to do with how far this team goes as anything. There's also space for a little bit more of a leadership role for LaMelo Ball. Uh, His rookie year, he's a rookie. You don't expect rookies to come in and and totally take over a team. Second season, even coming off Rookie of the Year, there were established stars. Former All-Star Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier had a prominent leadership role on the team. LaMelo fit in well, definitely led in moments, but he he wasn't necessarily needed or required to be the Leader of the huddle now coming off an all-star campaign i'd imagine we'll see a little bit more leadership from him we talked to him at media day about just that
1: oh uh, yeah definitely and i feel have to just just so all of this could work i mean we all got to step up as a team and individually everybody need to bring what they know they can bring and a little more sam Purley, your thoughts
2: on what kind of role Both in terms of playmaker as well as leader, you expect to see from LaMelo this season?
1: Yeah, you know, it's crazy to think he's still only, I think, 21, 22 years old. So, sort of the responsibility of being a leader at that sort of age in the NBA, I think it comes naturally with when you accomplish what he's accomplished at such a young age, I mean guys are going to turn to you younger guys that are new to the NBA or in their first season are going to turn to you as like, okay, I need to follow and emulate what this guy is doing, he's had success so I think naturally just with where he is and the kind of caliber of player he is at his at his position and at his age, he's naturally just going to be looked upon as a leader on the team you know, it, it kind of forces you, I think sometimes in the NBA is you got to grow up quickly and I think Lomelo Ball is certainly capable of somebody that's able to not only take the next step from a a basketball perspective but also as a leader you know he's I'm really excited to see where he can go from a leadership standpoint you know we might not necessarily see it all the time because it's behind closed doors and behind practices and things like that but I think he's a guy that is recognizing that his body of work speaks for himself guy you know if you want to make strides in this league look at what LaMelo Ball is doing look at how he's working and ducting himself and everything we've heard you know he's been in the gym every single day this summer Steve Clifford has talked a lot about how much he's committed and how they've you know speaking about you know his game and how to get better and things like that so another interesting thing we we learned on media day that he's been working with a former i guess it's rules official or former ref to kind of work on increasing his foul drawings generate some more free throws which i think could be not only going to obviously help the scoring but you know when guys start fouling and they exit games that are racking up fouls i think it, it really kind of dictates what the opposing defense is able to do to you in terms of guarding you offensively so i'm excited to see what you know after seeing what he's done the first two years i'm really excited to see where he can go in year three because i really don't think there's any limits on what he's capable of doing
2: yeah that was a really interesting nugget we got from media day that lamello ball is working with a former referee to work on certain parts of his game figure out what what they're looking for so he can get to the line and it was something head coach steve clifford talked about as well in terms of where lamello ball can get better he averaged 20 points per game that's an elite class in the nba but amongst those players he did it on one of the lower shot per game averages of that subset and one of the lowest, if not the lowest free throws per game of that subset. So getting to the line a couple extra times would be huge. It's one of the things head coach Steve Clifford talked about in terms of his expectations on where we would see some growth from LaMelo ball.
4: I mean, if you want to look at his offensive efficiency, there are a couple things that are not major, major things that he knows that he can do. Like for instance, He's terrific at getting to the rim. He doesn't get fouled a lot, you know, and that's one of the things that we've watched film on. We've actually addressed it with an ex-NBA official who's working with him now, is going to continue to work with him. He does a lot with Marlon Garnett on drawing fouls. And to be honest, if he could attempt three more free throws a game, it's a game changer for him and, and for our team. I know there's things that he wants to concentrate on. He'll talk about being a better organizer, You know, that can be part of it, too. But if you want to look at his, like, say, offensive efficiency, the only place he's not efficient is close to the basket. He's a good range shooter. His pull-up numbers are not extraordinary, but they're good. They're good enough to win. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot for a guy who has such large usage. So there are things like that that we've talked about, but I think that if you want to pick one thing, he could get to the free throw line more. It would be... You know, a game changer.
2: Rob Longo, last year we saw John Morant come off of an all-star caliber season and take his game to a whole new level, one most improved player. I'll be honest here. I think LaMelo Ball is capable of doing a similar jump because I think his assists can go up. I think his scoring can go up. His shot attempts can go up. Everything has room to grow. The sky is the limit for LaMelo.
0: Certainly. I mean, you know, why not? Why not LaMelo? Why not him? He has all the intangibles, he has all of the tools. Sometimes we we lose the fact that this kid just turned 21. The stuff that he's working on this off-season, some of the stuff that we heard from coach Clifford where those couple of extra free throws per game could really go a long way. It doesn't seem like much when you think about it, but at the end of the day, you know, 3 points can be the difference between a W and an L. He has the athleticism, he has the size, he has the strength, he's starting to get stronger each year. You know, he, if you're comparing him to a guy like John Morant, I mean, obviously they have different styles of play, but you know, why not LaMelo? I mean, he could be the John Morant of the Eastern Conference.
2: Just for some reference here, again, LaMelo averaging 20 points per game, did it on 16 field goal attempts, 7 three-point attempts, 3 free throw attempts per game. Just as a reference, John Morant, who we're talking about, maybe that comparison point, he made that big jump. He offered up Five more field goal attempts per game. He shot. Four extra free throw attempts per game as compared to LaMelo. So if LaMelo just starts to see his shot attempts rise, uh, given the percentages he shot the year before, that right there is a six or seven point jump per game that we could see from LaMelo ball if all he does is take more of what the defense gives him. And if they're taking away his shot, that means uh, he's got more passing lanes to take advantage of. He's not going to be able to do it alone. We'll talk about some of the other players we heard from Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. What did they say on media day, as well as what are our expectations? Have they changed at all heading into training camp after hearing from all of the guys? We'll talk about those next here on the Hornets Hivecast.
3: Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop.
2: Sam Farber, Sam Hurley Rob Longo here with you on a post-media day edition of the Hornets Hivecast. The Hornets roster met the media yesterday. Training camp will tip off today. And some really good news, I won't say it was unexpected, but it was maybe unconfirmed to this point in terms of the health of the roster. The player that gets the most focus over the last couple of seasons is Gordon Hayward. He had some unfortunate luck in each of the last two seasons, unable to finish them on the floor. But he confirmed he is healthy. He is going to be ready to go. While it seems there might be some limitations for preseason based off some of the answers we heard from both him and the coaching staff, uh, it seems like he is in a good place to have another successful and hopefully healthy season. Gordon talked about it, about playing with a chip on his shoulder this year Trying to get rid of some of that stigma that he maybe is a little injury prone. Here's what Gordon had to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I've always been a guy that's played with a chip on my shoulder, and you know, coming into this year, it's the same deal. You know, I want to prove that I'm still the basketball player that I know I am, and some of that has it has to do with health. And I feel like I've put in a ton of work this off season, but certainly want to prove that I still, no matter what age I am right now, can still play the way that you know I was playing in my prime. I still believe that my body's in its prime, and I think playing with a chip on my shoulder is something I've always done, so I'll continue to do it.
2: Gordon Hayward last year averaged 16 points per game, a little bit of a dip from where he had been, but in terms of his percentages, his efficiency uh, right up there with one of the best seasons he's ever had. He shot 39% from three, uh, taking roughly the same number per game as he had the season before. Capable of some explosive nights, he had that 40 point game against the San Antonio Spurs. Sam Pearlie, I'll send it over to you. Your thoughts After hearing from Gordon, there's definitely going to be a lot of focus on making sure he's healthy all the way through the finish line. But if he is, you look at the wins and losses, no one has more impact on whether the Hornets are in the win column or not than is Gordon Hayward on the floor
1: yeah you said it I mean or you look at the Hornets record when he plays and he doesn't play I mean it's night and day they're 50 and 43 it's about a 54 percent winning percentage when he's in the lineup versus 26 and 35 without him it's about a 43 percent winning percentage it's frustrating I know he's frustrated about the injuries and I think he obviously like any NBA player he wants to be out on the court and you know the stuff that he's had the foot sprain in Indiana the the rolled ankle last year against Toronto I mean it's just bad luck but you know you know if he's a couple inches in the other direction of that guy rolled or something, it doesn't happen. I mean, that's just kind of the crazy, crazy part of the NBA, and unfortunately, kind of the the sad reality of the NBA sometimes is injuries can be just unavoidable but i think he's going to have a you know optimistic i think he's going to have a great year for this hornets team and his numbers i mean when he's on the court he's a really really good player he connects everything you know sizable ball handler can defend can shoot play make just does a little bit of everything i think sometimes we forget you kind of focus so much on gordon and what he's not when he's not there and you know kind of the stigma that i think has been kind of cast on him the last few years of being injury prone reality is this is a phenomenal player that can really really help this team if he can get back on the court, or I should say when he gets back on the court and, and really help this team. And you mentioned the shooting last year. I mean, one of the best three-level scorers, I think, in the NBA. I think the numbers speak for themselves. He was 62% in the restricted area last year, almost 50% in the mid-range, and like you said, just under 40% from three, averaging close to 16 points per game. So, I mean, the, the numbers, like I said, speak for themselves. I think I think he's going to have a really big year. I'm really, really optimistic, and I think Gordon's going to prove that he still is, like you mentioned, still is that player, You know, one of these elite players in the league and hopefully the injuries knock on wood are kind of behind him and no more bad luck this year.
2: Amen to that. If he can get back to where he was throughout his time in Utah his second season in Boston where he was playing 70 plus games per season. I think that bodes really really well for the Hornets. There's a lot of other guys they need too but Gordon Hayward tying anyone to wins and losses. There's no clearer line with this team over the last two years than Gordon Hayward's health. If he plays in 70 games I really really like this Hornets team's chances. Speaking of which we've seen a lot of buzz around the league on a number of teams heading into this season some of whom came off outstanding years last year and are looking to continue their path others who made big moves looking at cleveland looking at atlanta who each added an all-star to their backcourt. a lot of buzz about them the hornets have kind of slipped past a lot of people they haven't really been written about it all in that vein terry Rogier, we heard from him at media day this is i think my favorite quote of the whole thing it was talking to him about how the rest of the league national media whatnot has not really talked about the charlotte hornets terry says go right on ahead not talking about us
0: we pray they keep it this way we pray that we have slept on team we pray that guys you know. Come in and every night if they play the Hornets that they think is, 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 is a game off. We pray it, it stays like that because, you know, we're looking to be the team. Just make some changes and, and, and – these last two years definitely been tough so we definitely want to be the team that you know be on the rise so we we happy that guys look at us like that or the world look at us like that we want to keep it that way
2: Rob Longo the changes he's referring to that's not so much personnel it's how maybe they're, they're put into place a new head coach is going to have a new vision on how everything fits together and how to game plan things but what we've seen from head coach Steve Clifford everywhere he's been including here in Charlotte his first year there's a big jump in terms of win totals and the Hornets are already building building from a position of strength in that regard having finished above 500 last season. So your thoughts on what Terry has to say a team above 500 getting slept on doesn't happen often but it appears to be happening right now with the Charlotte Hornets.
0: And I don't really know why that is the case. I guess you could point at the off season but Basically, I mean, you know, you have these core pieces like Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball coming back, and then you add guys like Mark Williams through the draft that could maybe have an impact as well. I mean, Coach Clifford didn't really talk about Mark Williams a whole lot in yesterday's media availability, but he did touch on him about how he thinks he's an NBA-ready player, and his game is very, very good for what the modern NBA is like. He's a rim protector and he said you might not see it this year, but in the future, you might see Mark Williams step out beyond the three-point line. You know, there's a lot of talent to go around. And the other thing too, and you you touched on it a little bit too is when the first stint that Coach Clifford was here in Charlotte. There was that big win total jump. The other thing too is that we have to keep in mind is that this team is going to play defense. This team is going to play defense because if you don't play defense for Coach Clifford, you're not going to see the floors. So, you know, that's going to be something that's going to be a little bit more of an impact this year as well, because when you look at you know, all these teams that make deep runs in the playoffs and have really successful seasons, they're a top 10 defense, so the fact that they're being slept on a little bit is just kind of par for the course, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it always seems like the Hornets were kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit last year in the national media. In a lot of respects, it's not surprising, but at the same time, it's just kind of disappointing, I think. I would say disappointed but not surprised is the way I would sum it up personally.
2: Disappointed in the national media, not in, in the Hornets. We'll end with you, Sam Perley. Your thoughts on the the Hornets for a second straight season getting slept on. I think we all shot above the win projection a year ago. We're going to save that for a later podcast when we actually do it. But it certainly feels like they are being underestimated once again heading into this season.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, this is what this is a topic I think you and I kind of uh, have butted heads on over the years. I remember like the rookie ladder and things like that. And it doesn't nearly bother me, you know, power rankings and things like that. And maybe maybe this is just me, but I'm not i don't read too much into it at all it, it's never really bothered me it doesn't really affect me i don't you know scroll the power rankings and wonder where the hornets are i'm kind of just i know some people kind of get caught up in it but i think in it, it's just it's just not something to worry about necessarily i think if you're the players you focus on what you're supposed to do if you're worried about what the the national prognosticators are saying or the newspapers or you know different basketball websites are saying i mean you brought it up earlier in the show you know you look at a team like the brooklyn nets i mean on paper everybody thought the nets were going to the finals last year There was was going to be absolutely nothing that was going to stand in their way and things happen you know weird situations happen they had a lot of chemistry issues they made some trades they had injuries and they were the only team that got swept out of the first round i mean that's what that's what makes this following the nba and being part of the nba so fun is is the unpredictability of it you know crazy stuff can happen and it's it's how you adapt and work through it so i'm excited i'm glad they're using that as motivation and and, you know we want to be a team that slept on you know and so we want it to be like when you come in here you think this is going to be an easy game and then we surprise you. He wants that sort of dynamic night in and night out. And I think Steve Clifford too has echoed that recently at the at the media luncheon too. So I don't get too wrapped up in it. I think if you take care of business and you start performing and you win and and you win games and you start winning games maybe by national TV audiences that kind of stuff and that respect will take care of itself
2: well that's a wrap on media day we will be taking you through via podcast uh, training camp over the course of the next several days it tips off today uh, not committing to a podcast every day you know we had that that five-week break we got to ease ourselves back into it but we'll be covering things as news breaks as uh, we have a moment uh, we'll be bringing you our thoughts from training training camp, and then of course the preseason tips off on Sunday afternoon. Hornets will visit the defending Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me here today.
1: Thank you for having me, and yeah, make sure we got a lot of awesome coverage of training camp going on throughout the week and the preseason, so it should all be on the Hornets website, Hornets social channels, a lot of good stuff, a lot of fun stuff coming up too, so make sure you tune in, a lot of a lot of cool stuff to keep track of.
0: Thanks for having me, Sam, it was good to get back in the saddle, I have nothing else to plug other than this fine podcast.
2: It's good to have you back, plug the podcast, plug the website, go to Hornets.com, check us out on social media, and be sure to join us here, we'll have you covered throughout the week, throughout the preseason, throughout the regular season, hopefully deep into the playoffs as well. For now, for Sam Perley and Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time, right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
3: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.